Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. We're on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM as we join you here on our Berkey's Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Good to have you with us. Plenty of sunshine today and a high of 70 as we uh, get started on a penny for your thoughts here this week. And, man, we got a power-packed week for you this week. We'll start it off with the Monday Morning Quarterback Show presented by Berkey's with our friend Lauren Tate. He'll join us here in a little bit right after the break. We've got uh, later in the week Scott Bennett and Julia Reitz on the same day, back-to-back, 9 and 10 o'clock hours. We've got Judge Jason Baum with us in the middle of the week. We've got Martin O'Donnell at the end of the week. As we get ready for our Illini Friday and then the big game with Iowa Saturday night at 6.30. Your thoughts on the game, your thoughts on the Illini program. Four and one for the first time since 2015. And uh, they're one and one in a wide open Big Ten West race. Got about a five-way tie for first place. But the Illini get it done in Madison over the weekend. A win in uh, Madison for the first time in 20 years. They blow out the Badgers in their own building. And it turns out it got uh, maybe that game or the uh, last game of a series of events, but Paul Christ lost his job as the head coach of the Badgers last night. So baseball playoffs to talk about, all the other Illini sports, uh, NFL football, the Bears lose to the Giants, Packers get a win over the Patriots, and Bill Belichick. So a lot of ground to cover here this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Presented by Berkey's today, your local Kubota dealer. We're back to get it started with Lauren Tate at 908 on a Monday here in October. From back on their own four, here is Mertz out of his own end zone. Pattern down the left sideline. is intercepted. Deflected, picked off by Kendall Smith. He's running down the right sideline. And the Illini have a huge turnover. Now the Illini had a lot of sacks. They had a lot of tackles for loss. The Illini defense... Basically shutting down the Wisconsin Badgers, 34-10. to 10. Lauren Tate is with us. Here's a couple of stats for you, and you can talk about the game here as we go and your thoughts on the Illini defense. Uh, this morning, Illinois is number one in the country in scoring defense, number three in total defense, number three in the nation in rushing defense. That's an amazing turnaround. And number one in pass efficiency. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> passing, running. Yeah. Intercepts, number 12. I mean, they've done it all, haven't they've they, done so it all. defensively? Well, well that and, was impressive yeah, Saturday. I, I want to correct something I wrote in my column. Okay. Some, okay, because okay. I, I kind of emphasize Newton and, uh, and Randolph, which I think both are just terrific defensive tackles. But I went Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, I spent two hours going over the tape, going back and forth, and just seeing what is happening in there defensively. And mm. it's a team effort. <laughs> 
Everybody, I mean, it, really, truly, I mean, uh, Dark Angelo, uh, 38, makes some tremendous plays. Uh, Coleman, Seth Coleman is coming on strong. And I think at nose, I think maybe Avery is as good as anybody in the league. I mean, he just, he's just pushing the, uh, the uh, center from Wisconsin straight back. I mean, when it came to finding, uh, when, when the, they only netted two yards rushing. Mm-hmm. And when the, when the ball carriers for Wisconsin got the ball, they basically had nowhere to go. And it, 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 it was up. I, it didn't matter who made the tackle because the, the, the offensive line was stacked up. Mm-hmm. And, and the Illini defenders were just ready in whichever way the guy would go. They were there. And so, um, and then I'm forgetting the, the way these defensive uh, secondary people tackle. Mm-hmm. They are strikers. They are hard hitters. And, they got, and, and so I don't, you know, Iowa, this will be a tough game. Iowa's defensively very good, and they'll keep the score down, I would think. Um, you know, I think it, it we, we thought the same thing of Wisconsin, but Illinois, um, Illinois got two big breaks. They, they took over the ball twice at the 16-yard line, one, once on a fumbled kickoff and once on an interception. So they only had to go 16 yards for a touchdown and a field goal, which they got off those plays. And then they finally broke... Uh, they finally broke Chase Brown in the second half of that 49-yarder. And that was an interesting play, uh, Brian, because on that play, which went off the right side, the right tackle and the right guard block left, and they pulled the left guard and left tackle and ran them behind the line, along the line, and they blocked out. And when he cut off the back of... Actually, cut off the back of the left tackle, mm-hmm. um, Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. And it, once he once he made that cut, it was it was open all the way. He, he got lucky in the in secondary. They had nobody there. Nobody there. Outran and, him. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, it was a, it was really a tremendous effort. Um, now can we do it again? That's the key. And uh, just a classic, good old fashioned Big Ten win. That's how you win in the Big Ten. Yeah. Is really well, good defense. Yeah, and running. of course they got the three turnovers, which three turnovers uh, and didn't make any. And and you're not going to play every game's not going to be clean. And we know that a lot of these games are going to go into the fourth quarter. This just wasn't one of them. This is a game that broke open because Wisconsin has got problems. Maybe we don't know about because they just don't fire Paul Christ based on one game. Right. I mean they don't. The Washington State loss was a was a big one, and then they got routed by Ohio State. That, Ohio State really exposed them. You know, from uh, at a very high level, and yeah. Ohio State can do that to people. But uh, Paul Chris got off to such a great start at Wisconsin, and they've been—I mean, they've been to bowl games every year he's been twenty years, twenty years in a row. Twenty not, years, not in just a row. him, but yeah, twenty years in a row. Yeah, the only two schools on longer streaks are Georgia and Oklahoma. Here's the big question: What part did Barry Alvarez play in this decision? He's no longer athletic director. He no longer has a he has a statue there, which ought to tell you. And, that and he, the field's named after him. And the field's named, yeah, right. <laughs> but here's the situation. The, the president, the assistant president for Wisconsin, is brand new for this summer. Uh, the new chancellor is Jennifer Manukin, who's from UCLA. She arrived August the 4th. Mm. The, pres- the athletic director succeeded Alvarez last July, a year ago. Mm-hmm. So he's only been there. Well, I shouldn't say he's only been there. He's only been athletic director. He was assistant to Alvarez, and Alvarez supported him to be promoted and, and to replace him. Mm-hmm. My point is that all the people who would normally be involved in this decision are brand new. Yeah, it was a very un-Wisconsin-like thing to do. Yeah. To fire their coach this early. If you didn't don't know, you think they had to go through Alvarez and say, Barry, do you think. think we should do this? I think everything runs through him. 
You would think. I would. But, yeah, he he was know. there at the game. I mean, he was he was present. I mean, he I know he doesn't have a, an official role, but uh, I I mean, it's just a stunner to me. I, w- w- I'd really like to know how this took place with the board and with all these new people. Hmm. Talking about the firing of Paul Chris, the head coach of Wisconsin, yesterday that came down uh, during the course of the evening. Illinois with a win, thirty four ten. I think a lot of fans going into the game thought, "Hey, we're playing well. We've got a shot." No, I don't think anybody expected to have the crowd empty out in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter even. Yeah, they, they just took the around the jump around and then they jumped out. And they jumped out. <laughs> That's right. They just left. Yeah. And after Chase scored his touchdown, they really left. Uh, and so Illinois just blows them out in their own building, 34-10. They hold the Badgers to two rushing yards. The Illini with uh, five sacks in the game, eight tackles for loss. And uh, held Wisconsin to 4-14 on third down. And Braylon Allen, one of the top rushers in the country, eight carries, two yards. In the well, they, they really stacked him up. Eight mm-hmm. tackles behind the line. That, that's why the, the, the number came out at plus two. And uh, I don't know that we've ever seen a better defensive performance here. Uh, when you consider that at least Wisconsin has always had a good running game, Mm-hmm. Whether their passing would be up to snuff, but they they passed the ball in the first series. They must have known something. They came out throwing. They must have known they couldn't run against Illinois. You suppose? I don't know. It's kind of what we did last year in the Wisconsin game. Was we came out throwing mm-hmm. against the Badgers here, and that didn't didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phones and see what the fans are thinking today. Larry, how you doing? Good. Hey. Good morning, Brian and Lauren. Uh, I was at the game 40 years ago when Wisconsin threw the bounce pass lateral. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father-in-law was Mel Klitzing, which I know Warren knew him. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and a couple weeks before that game, he and I were talking about uh, officiating because he officiated basketball and high school games here for years. Uh, he was on the officiating crew with Charlie Dew on the – football mm-hmm. but anyway he he explained that bounce pass lateral to me so my wife and i are sitting in the south stands at camp randall stadium in the middle of a bunch of wisconsin fans and the quarterback did that bounce pass lateral and they're all groaning like oh my god what was he thinking about and only because of that previous conversation i was the only guy there that in that area that knew what had just happened Hmm. and i had a lady sitting behind me that was beating on my shoulders and neck and everything screaming what was the quarterback thinking when he just turned and threw the ball in the ground but anyway that put wisconsin ahead but illinois ended up winning on a 46 yard field goal by mike bass Mm -hmm. that's right three seconds left yeah so Mm -hmm. anyway just uh i have uh uh a great feeling when Illinois beats Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened very often no. in the last thirty years, has it? Yep. It hasn't. Now it happened. Yeah. Uh, happened a lot in the eighties. We won. We won out eleven out of twelve against them there for a while. So mm-hmm. pre Alvarez. Yeah. yeah so anyway, thanks, guys. Enjoy your show. All right. Thank you, Larry. Have a good yeah. uh, Monday and a good week. Uh, Nine twenty at DWS. Our Monday morning quarterback show presented by our friends at Berkey's. Your local Kubota dealer there on High Cross Road in Urbana. Yes, somebody pointed out 40 years since Mike Bass' walk-off win in Madison. Another text says Iowa has one of the worst offenses in FBS, not just the Big Ten. 
this should be a win for Illinois, and the Big Ten West will come down to the Minnesota and Purdue games. So, well, uh, I was, Illinois is a three-point favorite at this point against Iowa, which is which means it's a toss-up game, mm-hmm. and it'll probably be a fourth-quarter game because that's the kind of games Iowa plays most of the time. You're right about their offense being awful at the beginning of the season, particularly in those first two games, uh, but uh, it's gotten a little better. And uh, I, I don't take, uh, I don't see this as a walk or walk over. I mean, I, I, I you know, and besides, you, you, you don't know when the, the penalties, you don't know when the turnovers are going to pop up. They'll pop up sometime this season. We know that they always do, and you can't predict it. That's the unpredictable part, and and that the the key to a good team is to be able to recover from those types of things and go from there. Here's a couple of little stats for you: the Illini offense five for five in the red zone Saturday. So that was good. The Illini held Wisconsin to just two yards rushing, the fewest yards the Badgers have rushed for at home since being held to 12 yards on November 3, 2007 against Ohio State. The Illini defense has allowed 169 rushing yards and 112 carries over the last four games. That's a yard and a half per <laughs> rush. Uh, Illinois scored half its points off of three Wisconsin turnovers. The Illini defense has at least one interception in all five games this year and has an interception, at least one, in eight straight games dating back to last year. And the Illini held the Badgers to 4 of 14 on third down and the Illini four wins, four and one start. They've held opponents to a conversion rate on third down of 16.4%. It's an amazing run. It's an amazing run. Now, the the question I got for you, and this will be... uh, you know, Tate's going to be uh, negative here. Okay. When we opened the season against Wyoming, the one thing we knew was that they lost all their offensive linemen. We knew that the defense was going to hold up. As we moved along through the season, every team that we played up to Wisconsin has had real serious setbacks in their offensive line, particularly Virginia, which lost their top seven mm-hmm. at five yeah. positions. They were very young. Yeah. And they were very young. And so the defensive linemen have grown against teams up to this point that didn't have exceptional offensive linemen. I can't speak for Wisconsin. You tell me that Matt LaPay and, and others there have mm-hmm. said that they were shifting people around. They had problems they in the offensive line. So when so what I'm seeing is that in every game – the Illinois defensive lineman, by the way, coached by um, Terrence Jamison, who is a Wisconsin graduate. Right. <laughs> yep. And Aaron Henry's back there. Yeah, the and Aaron Henry, he's a Wisconsin graduate, and he's in the secondary. And the secondary's been terrific, not only in pass defense, but in coming up and making tackles. They've been really good at that. So um, I, I think that we still have games to show whether that this can continue. And I don't know the stat. I haven't studied Iowa yet. I don't know what their offensive line situation is. But obviously, if you're not scoring points, it means your offensive line is not producing. Mm-hmm. So we, we got. I think we've got a chance to hold Iowa defensively. We should be able to hold them down within reason. 9.23 at DWS, now 9.24 on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show presented by our friends at Berkey's. Carl is with us. How you doing, Carl? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Um, Lord, I don't know what the plans are for your lunch today, but it ought to be crow. Why? Well, last week you kept at you kept saying, "I don't know if Illinois could score a touchdown." They scored four. I said I didn't think Illinois would score a touchdown. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think I you said it might be tough to score on. Them. Yeah, I, yeah. It was going. I, it's been tough to score on Wisconsin for twenty years. I yeah, or thirty years. I. I, I, well, I the didn't. way you made it sound is that Illinois was just going to be limited to field goals. Okay. And, if you took it that way, Carl, so, that's fine. Yeah, well, they hit two of them. And so, well, they scored four. So, mm. Well, everybody thought uh, Illinois was going to win the game. That's why Illinois was a seven-point underdog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, okay. <laughs> I but mean, hey, come on. I mean, I, I, I've i seen too many losses to Wisconsin think we're going to walk in there and win at Camp Randall. Did you think we were going to well, walk in and win at Camp Randall? Well, I, do, I don't worry about what happened in the past. That's in the past. Okay. What matters is today. Well, hmm. if you don't worry but, about what happens in the past, you're not going to be able to figure out what's going to happen in the future. I just, that's, that's a little news for you, Carl. You got to know what happened. I mean, history has a lot to do. You don't have thirty consecutive years of something unless there's a reason for it. Yeah. But uh, also, I was thinking today we owe to- we do owe Tony Peterson something. Uh, he suggested Ryan Walters. Okay. Okay. The former offensive coordinator mm-hmm. suggested yeah, so you know, Ryan Walters. He, yeah. He yeah. was the guy who. Uh, you know, so recommended Ryan Walters. So, mm-hmm. yep. anyway. Good point. Thank you, Carl. Okay. Bye. Appreciate you. Let me get a break in. Back with Lauren Tate, Monday Morning Quarterback Show, presented by our friends at Berkey's. Back after this. And Burks is in the gun on third and long. Here comes the heat. He is in trouble, and he is yeah. out of trouble. Now he throws, and it's intercepted. Intercepted by the Illini. Near midfield, Nicholson gets the pick. On a penny for your thoughts, Monday morning quarterback show here as we join you. Presented by Berkey's. Alabama, number one, moved up a spot in the latest poll. Georgia, number two, they got a scare from Missouri. 26-22, the Bulldogs went. Ohio State, three, blew out Rutgers. Michigan, four, one at Iowa. Clemson is five. USC, six. Oklahoma State, seven. Tennessee, eight. Ole Miss, nine. Penn State is ten. Then it's Utah, 11, Oregon, 12, Kentucky, 13, NC State, 14, Wake Forest, 15, BYU, 16, TCU, blew out Oklahoma, 55-24. There's 17, UCLA is 18, 19 is Kansas. The Jayhawks are in undefeated. for the first time, undefeated, 5-0. and They beat Iowa State, first time they've been in the poll since 09, I think. K-State is 20. Washington 21, Syracuse 22, Mississippi State. By the way, State. before you get past K-State, yeah. Martinez is just playing. He's unbelievable. Had 170 yards rushing. Yeah. He's I unbelievable. Mean, he's just having a tremendous year for Kansas State. By the way, when I said that before, somebody said, well, I, one of the early games, he wasn't very good. So that could be. But the last two or three games, he's been <laughs> right on. Mississippi State 23, Cincinnati 24, LSU 25. A couple of other little statistical notes from the DIA. Uh, Bielema, the first Illinois head coach to win in his first trip to Madison since Lou Tepper in 92. 
Okay. Uh, Bielema's three Big Ten road wins in the first two years, the most since Lou Tepper won five Big Ten road games in his first two seasons, 92 We didn't give Penn State and Minnesota those those wins on the road last year mm-hmm. enough emphasis because that showed something right there. They they battled two really good teams, and defensively, they held uh, Minnesota without a touchdown until fairly late in the fourth quarter. They got... Mm-hmm. That was a 14-6 to game, and of course, you know, the Penn State game was a low-scoring game, even though it was nine overtimes. And they should have. They held Purdue to 13, mm-hmm. a high-scoring Purdue team. Yeah, lost on a, last, mm-hmm. on a late touchdown yeah, pass. And, and only scored nine. Uh, the other note is, Bielema, the first Big Ten coach since John Pont. Remember him? Oh, yeah. At Northwestern in 1975 to win against an opponent where they had previously won a conference championship. He had been in Indiana, mm-hmm. won a conference championship there, went to Northwestern and won at Indiana. So mm-hmm. the first time that's happened, of course, uh, when you looked at the big suites across the way <clears throat> up in <clears throat> up in Madison, they have all their Big Ten championships up, and 10, 11, 12 are all won by Brett Bielema in Wisconsin, yep. three straight Rose Bowls. And uh, so he was back for the first time as a coach since then. Need to get to the news. Hang on, callers. We'll get to you. Texts and emails as well. 9.32, our news brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust and providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Back on our Monday morning quarterback show after this. Well, the Illini just inside the Wisconsin one, trailing 10-7. They hurry to the line of scrimmage. Brown is the back. A couple of receivers to the right. DeVito going to try to sneak it again. I think he's in. Got it. He is. Touchdown. And they led at the half, 14 to 10. There's some really staggering numbers. The Illini not led at the half at Camp Randall since 2006. So it was a big win. Iowa in town Saturday night at 6:30. So if you're fired up, here's your chance. A night game. Your team's four and one. They're in the race. Plenty of tickets available. You can get some tickets, and uh, it's Iowa. And we don't like Iowa very much. So there you go. Was they won eight straight? Eight yeah, straight. Something like that. And, yeah. And the numbers are, yeah. I think our last win was a last second field goal, maybe, or something years ago. I've got the stat somewhere, but it's uh, it's been a while uh, for the Illini in Iowa. And then, of course, Minnesota for homecoming, and then a bye week, and then two Nebraska, which beat Indiana over the weekend. The uh, Big Ten games uh, this week Nebraska at Rutgers on a Friday night in Piscataway. Saturday, it's number four, Michigan at Indiana. Purdue is at Maryland. Uh, Wisconsin at Northwestern with their new coach, interim coach, uh, Jim Leonard. That's that's a game Leonard has to win. I think so. Uh, He's got a chance to to get that job if he can close out the season for Wisconsin with some degree of success and so some hope for the future. But uh, I just wonder... um, how intent they would be on hiring somebody like Leipold from Kansas, or you know, you know, my secret uh, guy is Daryl Bevel from the from the Dolphins. He was he was a guy that Childress brought to Alvarez back in the day. Mm. He was a quarterback, and he was one, I he was one of Alvarez's first quarterbacks, yep. successful quarterbacks at Wisconsin, and. I know they've always liked him, and, and he would be a guy that they would consider, I think. But they probably would rather have 
a guy with with head coaching experience, and Leonard would have a half a season of head coaching experience if he's successful in the second half. He's been a great defensive coordinator for sure and had a long career in the NFL. I think he was a walk-on originally, yep. uh, Leonard was. Yep. Uh, 9.38 at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Your thoughts on the game Saturday, your thoughts on this team now. Uh, basketball with a big recruit. They landed here recently. Uh, the men's basketball will be uh, exhibition game here at the end of this month already. So we're closing in on that. And then, of course, women's basketball, uh, volleyball lost a couple of tough matches over the weekend, lost to Purdue. I know Lauren said you were there for that one. Illinois was a point away from winning it over yeah. Purdue. Yeah, they, I, um, it was just an amazing, amazing turnaround. It would have been one of the most uh, major turnarounds that you've ever seen. They, they lost the uh, first two sets to Purdue. Uh, they weren't close. And then... The third set, they barely eked it out. And then the fourth set, they dominated. Mm. And then they led 7-3, to three, and then they got all the way up to 14-13 and needed one point. One point. To win the match. And that's the fourth loss in the last six games all by the fifth set. Imagine, they just can't win that fifth set. Mm. Yep, and they lost at Wisconsin in five uh, yep. games as well. So. Yep. All right, got some callers here ready to go. 9.39 at DWS, and let's go to the phones. Kevin wants to talk some football. Hi, Kevin. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, um, you know, the defense has gotten a lot of praise this year, and rightfully so. Uh, the area where I've been really pleasantly surprised is with DeVito and the uh, receiving core, especially Hightower. Um, he's really become a mismatch for a lot of defenders i think i don't know how many uh pass interference calls he got at least a couple i think and devito's accuracy is has really you know been unbelievable i think and a big reason why illinois has been able to move the ball down the field they've they're a much more balanced team this year than they've been in past years I think that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. they're definitely balanced, and, and they can pass when they have to. And and Devito's shown an ability to move out of the pocket at times, and he's got really quick hands, and he he's good in that handoff when he pulls it back and throws that quick pass. Yeah, that's the difference in the offense last year is we couldn't pass when we had to mm-hmm. during the course yeah, of the year, and we didn't have. And we, we Peters couldn't. was hurt a lot of the year, and we, mm-hmm. we really didn't have much quarterback consistency, and that was a big reason why we didn't win some of those early games that we should have. Yeah, there were several games in there, and I think it was Wisconsin might have been one of them. Sitkowski played a lot of that game. Yeah. Yep. yep. Nope. All right, guys. Good points. Have a good day. Yeah, Thanks. thank you. No, and the, again, the offense 5-5 five of five in the red zone. That's what cost them the Indiana game was not scoring in the red zone. That's right. Consistently enough. And they got that figured out. And the penalties, uh, Wisconsin had a lot of penalties in that game. And there was a string. penalties, yeah. And there was a string of them in that one drive down at the Back goal and line. Forth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this penalty, ineligible receiver. And then it was this, and it was that. Boy, oh, and boy. How can you have an ineligible receiver down the field from the two yard line? Yeah, Martin O'Donnell was wondering that, too. <laughs> well, I was. You, you he, can only go so far. You know so. what? He's blocking the guy, and he just kept blocking him. Yeah. And then he went past him. And that's, you know. Yep, that's right. Uh, what happened with C.J. Hart? Is he playing? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he, yeah I saw he's him playing out there. a lot. Mm-hmm. Number five. Yep. He was out there a bit. I think Dark Angelo has been taking his place a lot, mm-hmm. and they, they're sharing the position. But Dark Angelo's in there a lot, and he's in there a lot. And uh, along with uh, Tariq Barnes, those three linebackers played pretty well. Particularly Dark Angelo, he he made some really good tackles in that game. Uh, Nine forty-two. Let's go to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up? Oh, just uh, you were talking about. Uh, the coach getting fired from Wisconsin. I don't agree with that. I think he's a good coach. He's a real good coach. Um, he didn't win the Big Ten West last year, which what's that's the second year since he's been there that he hasn't won it. Well, he's uh, he's a two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year. He's uh, forty-three and eighteen in Big Ten games, three Big Ten West titles. But he's yeah. been 15 and 10 since 2020, and they lost to Washington State, and they lost to Illinois, and that is unacceptable up there, I guess. Apparently, it is. I, I mean, it, it isn't the Big Ten East, you know. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. West. You're right about that. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> isn't this interesting? Yeah, I mean, have we ever seen five coaches fired? Major coaches fired this early in the season. Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. We've got uh, D- uh, Durrell at Colorado, Frost at Nebraska, now Chris at Wisconsin. That's yeah. an unusual uh, right. development this early. Frost, I can understand. I mean, he, yeah, he's a legacy from from Nebraska, but uh, but you know, he was never the good. He was never the coach for Nebraska. Well, Chris, Chris was a legacy for Wisconsin. He's a former quarterback mm-hmm. for Wisconsin, yeah, former offensive right. coordinator under Bielema. And he, yeah. he hasn't done he hasn't he hasn't done a bad job. I don't no. think. Yeah, you lost. You didn't win the West, and you lost Illinois, which. Any other year, that would be a bad thing. But Illinois is looking decent this year with Be- with Bielema there. I mean, they're looking good. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a bad loss. But it yeah. is Wisconsin, and I guess they they think they're better than what they are, and deserve to win the West every year. But well, maybe maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean they've been everybody in the West has been trying to be successful like Wisconsin. Everybody's been trying to you know right. either copy right. them or be as successful as them and. That's that's just what yeah, kind of strikes you with this firing is that's very unWisconsin like you know just to right. pull the plug. Yeah, I mean Al- Alvarez built that program. I mm-hmm. I believe he did. Sure he did. And uh, Bielema Bielema kept it going, and and I thought Chris was doing just as well. And you know, and they just up and get rid of him. I, any school is going to be and in good shape if they hire him as a coach. I mean he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Had a good run at Pitt too when he was there. So. Yeah. Yep. Very good, Chris. All right. Hey, well, thank you, guys. Great to hear from you. Thank you. 217-356-9397. Our show today presented by our friends at Berkey's, your local Kubota dealer, 945. As we continue here on this Monday morning quarterback show. Scott, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it was a good, uh, good game Saturday. I watched it on TV. Very good game. Very good defense and everything like that. I am calling about the firing of Paul Chris. Okay. Um, okay. They basically have a Lauren. They you basically said they have a new administration there. That's correct. They got a new 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 systems president. They got a new chancellor who came in in August. So, here's my question to you: They've got everyone new. They don't know anything or very little about Wisconsin football, and they go ahead and fire Paul Chris. 
who well, you just previously said it was 42 and 18 in Big Ten games? I, I don't, we don't know who was the driving force in this. I, we just don't know who was the, the person, the, the group behind it. Uh, what, what about the board? What about Alvarez? What about McIntosh, the athletic drug? We just don't know uh, who, who pushed this through. Well, that's what I'm starting to think. And I'm, and, well, I'm thinking maybe it uh, came from some of the boosters, too. Cause they well, of course, happy. but they don't have a vote. I understand. I understand. Now, I'm going to be a little bit sarcastic in what I have to say next, so bear with me. Okay. Illinois played the next two games. We've got Iowa and Minnesota. What's going to happen if Illinois you know, gets flown out in both those games, what would happen to Bielema? I'm going to answer, I'll probably answer my own question. <laughs> I can will answer they, that real easy. Yeah, yeah, will they fire Bielema? Absolutely no, not. They no, won't. Huh? They, nope. won't. they won't fire Bielema. So, Wisconsin plays Northwestern this coming Saturday. Yep. If they were going to do anything, they should have waited until after the Northwestern game. Yeah. Because I think Wisconsin will beat Northwestern. Well, that's just my feeling. Yeah, but but to bring in basically a new administration and do what they did to me is dirty pool. Okay. Hey, thank you, Scott. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, sir. Well, we had when Mike Thomas came. Remember, he uh, he fired three coaches, right? Jolette Law, yeah, yeah, Bruce Weber, and Ron Zook, all in the span of a year. Yeah. And uh, some say, some, I know Bob Osmondson wrote about it uh, here in the paper Saturday morning, I think, about what happened in the last decade since all of that happened with football and what kind of disruption that caused when you had just been to, you just won, been to, and won two bowl games in a row yep. under Zook. And yep. then, of they, course, they, they lost those last six games, and by the end of the season, quote, Zook had lost the team. What happened at Wisconsin is... Chris had lost the team. Hmm. What happened? We saw in that second half when Illinois just, where it just looked like Wisconsin wilted. Yeah, they took the spirit They've out of them. Never done that no. that we that we're aware of. I mean, maybe it happened in the Ohio State game. We always wonder when you get slaughtered, and that's maybe not a good word, but they got slaughtered by Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State could have named a number. Mm-hmm. And what does that do for the next game? Yeah. What, what does that mean for the next game? Mm-hmm. Do they get fired up? Are they angry? Or mm-hmm. do they, you know, when things go against them all of a sudden again, they just kind of collapse? Yeah. Yeah. And I bring that up because Ohio State's so much better than everybody else. Yeah. And do you know who Iowa plays after Illinois? Ohio State. You bet. Oh, gee. Illinois is between Michigan and Ohio State <laughs> on the Iowa schedule. It's a perfect location, just as... Illinois had extra days off for Wisconsin, yeah. and Wisconsin's coming off of a really bad beating on a, in a night game, wasn't that? Yeah, a night on game. national TV. So they they just you know it, the the timing was perfect for Illinois, and they made it took advantage of it. The timing is not bad for the Iowa game; they don't have any extra time. But Iowa, you know, mm-hmm. they they they've probably begun to feel like uh, they're not sure of themselves anymore. Right. 949, a quick break. Hang on, callers, listeners. Back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts, presented by Berkey's today. 
You know, they invested a lot of time before this week. Everybody just talks about the week of preparation, but we talked about, you know, where we wanted to go, what we wanted to do with this season, and, you know, we're a 4-1 team that's very hungry. Uh, love to have uh, uh, the, the guys get healthy, got injured in the game today. I know Wisconsin had some guys. Uh, didn't like to see that, but a lot of respect for that other sideline and, and uh, really excited for our sideline. Alan Miller Paint and Collision Repair. If you need something done to your vehicle, they've been in business for more than a couple of decades, and they're located on the south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. Anytime you have a collision or an accident, it's very discombobulating and very distracting and can be very frustrating. They make that process as smooth as possible. Give them the keys, your key fob, or whatever it is, and let them take care of it for you at Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. If Nebraska had waited till today, mm-hmm. the buyout would have been 7.5. <laughs> but the buyout was $15 million to fire him, and it's 16.4. But you say that may not be completely yeah, I accurate. I, I'm, I'm trying to find articles <clears throat> of what exactly it is. I don't know if it's that much. It could I've heard... be $30 million for those two <laughs> coaches, though. Yeah. So. And That's a lot. the other three coaches, that'd probably throw it up around, I, and I'm just throwing out a number here, but probably around $50 million for those four, five coaches. Five coaches, yeah. I mean, I know Herm Edwards was probably not cheap Yeah, out at Arizona State. Yeah, Jeff and Collins at Georgia Tech. These are all major <laughs> schools, and I don't know what Durrell uh, – Durrell's only been a couple – Walker left Colorado hanging mm-hmm. when he went to Michigan State. Right. They, he was only there one year, I believe. I think he was only there one You're year. You're talking about Tucker? Tucker, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> a lot of money flying around, 954. And let's go back to the phone. Steve is with us. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Beautiful day out here in the bean field. Hey, yes, sir. question for you. Do you think Barry Alvarez was consulted in firing to Paul Chris, or is this just a new administration, new chancellor putting their mark on the program? They wouldn't do anything without talking to Alvarez. They wouldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. I mean, the, the, the athletic director worked for him directly for all these years. You know that they're in contact. I'm not saying that Alvarez approved it, but I'm sure he was contacted. Because I know Alvarez had some input in Brett. You know, he recommended him to Josh. So that's right. I didn't know how far, yeah. how far that went in the Wisconsin administration listening to Barry. Well, we don't know. As I said, they've got a new... Chancellor there, the, the, the woman that's leading the university would have to be certainly notified. And she's only been there since August the 4th. Hmm. Yeah, something's going on there. But we, uh, the board might, the board, board might have been unanimous in it. We don't know. We, we don't know what, yeah. the, we don't know where the push came from. But I mean, we know the fans were upset with him. We know that the donors are upset. They expect more, but they don't have a vote. They can apply pressure, though. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, Steve. Hey, one more question. Yeah. Do you think Michigan State would still offer $90 million to Mel Tucker this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would. No, they wouldn't. So, but All right. it's interesting. Well, thank Thanks, you. Guys. Hey, Steve, keep keep farming out there. Thank you. Keep going. Get those beans you in. You know, it's, it's really dangerous to base anything on one year. Look at what Northwestern's been doing. 
They win the they win the Western Division one year and they're terrible the next. They win the Western Division mm-hmm. again and they're terrible the next two years, and they look like they're terrible now. They've lost to SIU the yeah. and uh, Miami of Ohio. Yeah, I mean at home. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Pearson said that might happen. Yeah, and they did. Nine fifty six at DWS. Back to the phones. Bill joins us. Hi, Bill. Hi. I was talking about uh, Isaiah Williams. I think he made a couple clutch plays there mm-hmm. in the red zone where he caught an eight or nine yard pass for first downs there. Yeah. He hadn't been able to break anything lately, but he uh, but he uh, made some key first. He made some good moves on yeah. those short passes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. And also, that Brian, I don't think Brian knows any better than he's not supposed to catch those balls that he gets thrown to. Yeah, I hope he's healthy. That's what we got to Got to learn just his status for this game. Yeah, somebody asked elsewhere, well, "How is Bryant doing?" And we don't know, so okay. may may learn more today. Good, thanks, Bob. Okay, thank you, Bill. Good to hear from you. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Back to the phones, and is this Mark? Hey, Mark. Yes. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I wanted to comment on the. Uh... First on the Wisconsin pattern, there's no way in the world they would fire him without talking to Alvarez. Could you imagine Alvarez coming out and speaking against the firing? That would be a catastrophe up there. I think you won't find him doing any – I don't think he'll say anything. I bet he, I bet yeah. he avoids any comment mm-hmm. because, as you say, he wouldn't want to – you know, Chris was his quarterback. Chris was his offensive coordinator. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're close. But then I also want to comment on you know, coaches all around because You're I know Lovey is responsible for basically the defensive line we have now and a lot of the other players still on the team, I believe. But I don't believe there's ever been a luckier coach financially than Lovey Smith over the last 10 years. <laughs> you, you, fail, you fail at Tampa, you fail at Illinois, and you go to Texas, and now there's accentuating circumstances, losses quarterback lost their best defensive player and their best receiver. But he's 0-3 there. And, you know, I can't think of anybody who's had a more charmed coaching life than him. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I did something today. and Got about a minute here. Okay, I'll say this real quick. I looked it up, and I have 28 starters for Illinois. Three tight ends, six offensive linemen, one running back, one quarterback, 28 starters, okay? Of the 28 starters... On my list, 21 were recruited by Lovey. Hmm. Yeah, you got to give him credit where it's right, due. That's why I say right? we got to yeah. give him credit for that. Yeah. Hey, Mark, I got to run to the news, but thank you. Thank you. Up against the clock here, 959. Our show today presented by our friends at Berkey's. Uh, they're in High Cross Road, your Kubota, your local Kubota dealer. Stop by and see them. Appreciate their sponsorship of the show today. Uh, hang on, uh, Dennis Howard, if you want, or call me back right after the news if you'd like to do that. On the Monday morning quarterback show here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, we have uh, Scott Bennett and Julia Reitz back-to-back on Thursday among the highlights this week on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Getting ready for the Iowa game on Saturday night, WDWS. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-1450.
1-800-242-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Hour number two of our show today on a Monday morning quarterback show as we start the week during the athletic season. And uh, what a time for the Illini here. We've got uh, the Illini football team, 4-1, and one, and battling in the Big Ten West. We've got uh, the hated Hawkeyes coming to town. You know, Saturday the great thing night. about Illinois is there's no, nothing fluky about what they've, we've no. seen. The only fluky thing was losing to Indiana. That was a fluke. Mm-hmm. Illinois was clearly better. I came out thinking, wait, we were way better in Indiana. We lost, but... Yeah, did everything but win the football game. Yeah, I mean, dominated every aspect except the last two minutes. And then they kept throwing those passes. And you just see this all the time. The teams in desperation will be throwing those late-game passes and completing them. Mm -hmm. That's the only way Wisconsin got over 200 yards was they completed a bunch of passes late Mm -hmm. the end of the game. Yeah. And uh, Illinois held them to two yards rushing. Uh, one other note, here's a couple of great stat notes. Through the first, uh, the 2022 Illini schedule had rematches against seven opponents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Through the first two such rematches, Virginia and Wisconsin, the Illini are 2-0 and and have flipped the score of those results dramatically in their favor with a 49-point turnaround against Virginia and a 48-point turnaround against uh, Wisconsin. No kidding. 97-point turnaround? Is that right? <laughs> That can't be right. Isn't that something? No, wait a minute. Thirty-four to ten—that's only twenty-four. Well, for t- well, because we lost twenty-four to nothing, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. From the Excuse year before, yeah. yeah, yeah. Too complicated. And then Virginia my... was forty-two to ten or whatever okay. it was. So yeah. Okay. That's a big turnaround. Ninety-seven point turnaround. Yeah. Isn't that Woo! something from those two games? Those were the two games we were never in last year, really. Yeah. And every other game was close, down to the wire. Uh, 10.09 at DWS. We're taking your thoughts this morning on the Illini and the football or basketball or the pool host and his uh, crazy run he's been on. Hit number 702 yesterday. They hit a double in the first time up and drove in two runs, and now he's tied with Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. for second in over 2,000 runs better, 2,214 RBIs. Can you imagine? I know a lot of folks were down at that game yesterday, and uh, they pulled when they pulled Wainwright who's been struggling it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals do with him in the postseason yeah but uh when they pulled him they pulled Yachty and they pulled Pujols from the game at the same time and they all walked off to the together, cheers to the standing cheers. ovation oh man yeah what a great run they and I saw a stat and I don't know the exact number maybe somebody's got it of the number of games that Yachty has played in a regular season that haven't mattered like they weren't going to the postseason it's like under 30 games. Oh, now wait a minute. Something like that. Really? Yeah. Where they haven't. They, were, they weren't even in where, where they were not in contention. Where they were mathematically eliminated from the See, that's, from the postseason. That's the strength of the St. Louis Cardinal operation is that if you are a Cardinal fan, you're engaged from the first game of the season all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what makes them so effective. Mm-hmm. Do you? They're having. It looks like they've gone over three million. I don't know what the final number is, and I'm sure it's out. I could look it, it up. It was over three million, but it's over. I think it's three point one. Yeah, right at it. And that's an that's about a five hundred thousand uh, dollar more than they expected. I mean, they're getting forty six thousand for every game here at the mm-hmm. end. Oh, the lines have been ridiculous the last three days. Yeah, and to get in the park at nine thirty in the morning for a one o'clock game. So. It's uh, it's it's amazing. All right, postseason coming up this weekend. Dennis held on through the news. Hi, Dennis. 
Good morning, guys. Always enjoy your Monday morning program. Thank you. And uh, I missed the first 30 minutes, and you may have covered this, but I saw on a sports last night that I was uh, thrilled to see where Illinois is number one in scoring defense. Mm-hmm. My question is, how is that attained? Is, does that mean we've given up the fewest points in America, or is it yes. based on... Well, it's, okay. it's, it's probably it's average, but, but they, everybody's played five games pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it'd be based on the, yeah. on the average the points, points per game. Yeah, yeah points per eight game, point yeah. something. Every, average yeah. points a game, we're, we're number one. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know if yeah. it was based on, well, we haven't given up much rushing or passing, and I didn't know if it was based on some stats somehow, but it's just strictly on points. Well, that's great. It's, a, it's fantastic how our defense is. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, I heard you also say you don't know about Pat Bryant yet on his status, how he is. Correct. We should have known about two hours, but, uh, well, let's put it this okay. way. We'll know more than we know now when we talk to Bielema in two hours. Well, let's hope he's going to be all right. Should be a good game uh, Saturday him. night. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, a couple of quick texts here. i got to get these in because they're starting to pile up. Uh, let's see here. Wasn't that play by Wisconsin 40 years ago where Al Toon threw the bounce lateral called mm-hmm. the oh my? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. I see Trent Frazier's playing in Europe, signed in the summer. Kofi Coburn has no team and seemingly no plans to play anywhere yet. Any idea what's happening with Kofi? I've been, want to f- been wanting to find out for about 10 days, and I, I don't know what's going on. I, sounds like, I mean, I hear that he might be going overseas, but... That's just a guess. Got to play somewhere, I would think. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. he'll dominate the rec leagues if he plays in those for sure. But he's sure, gonna, would, he, sure would have been. He'd have made an awful lot of money if he came back to Illinois. That's wouldn't he? right. That's too right. late now. Uh, we'll know a lot more about the football team in two weeks. A listener says the Indiana game is going to be a big factor by the end of the year. Uh, well, we'll see if it is. But uh, the Indiana loss they're referring to. Another question about uh, Bryant. Josh Whitman called Alvarez about our next hire, but wasn't. It wasn't about Bielema, was it? Do you know who Josh was asking about? The story, I think, was that um, Bielema had heard the opening was available, and he had talked to Alvarez, who then made the call to Josh to say, hey, you ought to think about, if you don't hire this guy, you ought to hire, look at Bielema. Who that other guy was, I don't know. I, I mean, guess uh, Bielema was actually uh, interviewed at Colorado at the same time. Is that right? And walked out of it. Hmm. Okay. As, as as he he uh, expressed no interest, or I, I he didn't say it that way, but but he obviously w- wasn't interested. Well, the names that everybody was talking about, one of the names everybody was talking about at the time, after the firing of Lovey Smith, was Leopold. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the name that came I, to everybody's. I'm list. told we were within inches of hiring Leopold. I mean, it was really close. Hmm. But but I think the experience of. Uh, of uh, Bielma in the in the Big Ten, uh, I, I I don't know what was the turning point for for Whitman, but he was he was really close with Leopold. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, Alvarez uh, has a say, a lot of say. When people, when, Alvarez is like the um, what was the uh, when when they talk, people listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old uh, brokerage firm or whatever, E. F. Hutton. Mm-hmm. When E. F. Hutton talks, people listen. That's <laughs> that's Barry Alvarez. When yeah. he talks, people listen. Uh, hi, Brian and Lauren. I heard the Wisconsin AD say that Paul Chris is taking less money than he would be doing his contract in getting fired. Why would this be? Well, I don't know what the exact number is going to be. Well, they could reach an agreement. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he would do that, but uh, he probably feels like he's got enough money. <laughs> uh, they may have thought they were going to lose Leonard. A listener says this year anyway and thought they better give him a chance first. Good point. Good point. 
Uh, to Lauren's point about Alvarez's involvement, the Wisconsin AD now, I guess McIntosh, was an All-American offensive lineman for Alvarez in That's the right. late 90s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he played for him and, and was a deputy athletic director under Alvarez and was supported by Alvarez for the job when Alvarez left. Uh, great show. Love the Illini win. I usually go to one or two games a year. Would like to go to this Saturday's game, but $75 horseshoe tickets plus a $12 fee are just too expensive. Yes, we are winning, but dropping 300 plus for a family of four is kind of pricing people out. Would love to see them matching Purdue or similar type cheaper tickets. Thanks, Ryan and Lauren. Uh, well, I have a little experience in this area and the fact that I worked in the minor leagues and in the major leagues of how prices are set for tickets. And I can tell you that working in Anaheim, when the Yankees came to town or the Red Sox came to town, the ticket was a lot higher than it was for when Seattle came to town. How would you like to try? That. How would this person like to try to get into a Michigan Ohio State game? Well, I can tell you the uh, was for for Illini, for the Wisconsin Illinois game that the Illinois fans went to this last Saturday. Their mm-hmm. ticket was ninety bucks mm-hmm. for that game. Individual. So that's so if ninety. You, if you took so a family of four, that's <laughs> that would add up quick too. <laughs> now they do have they do have. I looked it up this morning. They do have a four pack that's coming up for the Purdue game that you can get for the Purdue game itself. Four for ninety nine dollars okay. in the horseshoe. Um, the horseshoe tickets for the Purdue game are twenty five to forty. The East stands fifty five to seventy five. That's Purdue. That's at the end of the year. Michigan State's forty dollars in the horseshoe. Fifty five for the East Main between fifty five or so. 75 roughly for the West Main. Minnesota and Iowa are the two higher price tickets this year. One is homecoming and one is that it's Iowa. Mm-hmm. And it's a big game and that's not unusual in the ticket world. No, for no, your it's for not your unusual, for your more your what are perceived to be your bigger games are usually higher price. That's just the way it works. I'm just at that point right now where I don't you know, and, and and my I don't have any financial involvement in this, but I'd like to see as many pi- uh, pos- people there as possible, whether or not they bought tickets or not. I, you know, I, I thought the the idea of free student tickets was a good idea. Mm-hmm. The the previous game, but although uh, I didn't see any in, improvement in the t- in the student turnout, oh, they said there was uh, they were going to spill over mm-hmm. from the north end zone, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, but ticketing is an interesting. Uh, process and i've seen it firsthand where i did baseball for 10 years in the minor leagues and a couple at the major league level i kind of understand kind of how it works mm-hmm. when it comes to the tickets value of tickets yep. uh in that way so um just just keep kind of keep that in mind it's a 217-356-9397-1018 on a penny for your thoughts michael joins us next hi michael Good morning, Brian and Lauren. Uh, Brian, you sure picked a good time to come to Fort Myers. You know, I live in Naples. Uh, you picked the right time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, earlier, the, about a month ago. Yeah, it was there about a month ago. Yeah. My uh, parents said, Lauren, Bob and Bobby, who live next door to you, said to tell you they were fine. They're at my house. And uh, it was really uh, a weird experience this weekend. We listened to the game on the radio, on a transistor radio. We just got our power back today and water and sewer and cable and uh it felt like larry stewart in the like uh back in the uh, 70s it was a weird feeling <laughs> listening on a transistor radio yeah transistor radio it was like one bastion of like good news because we didn't have any cell phone you know it was funny because i had an old transistor radio upstairs in the attic and you know, it would operate off of batteries because you had no power. And you think, well, you can use your phone as a radio like I do to 
listen to you guys down here, but you can't do that because there's no internet and there's no cell service. Mm-hmm. It was it was wild. It just I mean the pictures are crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you did okay property wise though. Yeah, we yeah. live in Naples, so far okay. enough south and a little bit away from the water. So Lauren was next door neighbors with me and my parents for what, Lauren? 10 years, 15 years, I think. Hmm. This is Michael from, uh, what's your... Do you what? remember on, Ga- on Galen? He lived on Galen when I was in high school. Okay. You and I are okay, now baby. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah, remember I used to babysit, uh, I'm trying to think, was it Ty- uh, your, your Travis? Son? We babysit, yeah, we Travis. I was not mm-hmm. say Tyler, but yeah. <laughs> uh, a, I, my parents got airlifted on a helicopter. That's how they got out of their building. Okay. It was crazy. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're safe, and I'm glad you're able to listen. I hope you enjoyed it, and it was a good result for sure. That was the best part of the whole last week. It was fantastic. We have a legitimate football team. It's amazing. Yeah, we do. They're good. Yep. Thanks, They're Michael. Good. They really are good. Take care. Bye. Take care. Be careful down there. 1020. Let me get a break in. Berkey's presents our show today. Monday morning quarterback show. We're with Lauren Tate, as usual, on a Monday. A lot of football talk today, as you might expect, with the Illini. We've got the guys at the Esquire tonight. We've got the coaches show Wednesday night, by the way. We'll be out at Atkins, not at uh, the uh, Papadels. It'll be out at Atkins, uh, part of the quarterback club. Quarterback club's doing their meeting Wednesday night, and we'll do the show right after on uh, Wednesday night from there, and we'll have uh, Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton there with us on Wednesday night. 10-21, back in a moment. Illinois at the Wisconsin 1, leading 14-10. Ten and a half to go in the third quarter. Into the teeth of that student section. In their red, they spread the field. Quarterback keeper, DeVito, across the line. He's three for three. Touchdown, Illinois. And the Illini lead in Madison by 10 with 10 line surges ahead and a touchdown Illinois 20 to 10 the Illini lead over Wisconsin all right they go on to win it 34 to 10 the uh, final score our show today presented by our friends at uh, Berkey's on High Cross Road appreciate Bim uh, being with us here as we talk Illinois football predominantly today there's some other things out there of course baseball the playoffs the uh, regular season winding up here in the next couple of days do we know who the Cardinals are going to play yet, or do we still wait? Are we waiting to hear? I don't see know, the, but I, have, I, or the, I haven't been, haven't kept up on it. I, yeah. I thought it was going to be San Diego or Philadelphia. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's pretty much out now for the most part, or at least close to being out. Yesterday. Uh, 217-356-9397. Uh, how many more years did the Wisconsin football coach have in his contract? Uh, I looked that up. Uh, Chris had four more full seasons remaining on the contract. Received a one-year, routine one-year extension after 2021. The most recent reworking of Chris's contract in February 2019 changed the buyout if he was fired without cause, as appears to be the case. His buyout before that had fallen to $3 million from its original $6 million when he was hired in December of 2014. But they're not totally clear the sentence that makes me wonder how much it is the exact figure chris was due wasn't clear because his contract contains some uncertainties about liquidated damages and the ad at wisconsin chris mcintosh didn't reveal at a news conference sunday night what amount chris will get from wisconsin so i don't know what it's going to wind up being but i'm sure that'll get out at some point 
Uh, should Illinois football, a listener says, feel insulted that Wisconsin fires their coach after the Illinois loss? Do you think <laughs> Chris would get fired if the Badgers took the same loss from Purdue or Iowa? Is Wisconsin telling us that Illinois football program is so bad that a loss is unfortunate, but a loss to Illinois is unacceptable? I think it's probably accumulating facts. There were some people not happy with There was things in the works that we were hearing during the week I didn't put much stock in that may have been, uh, you know, this was being considered. Well, we'll see. Uh, Howard's up next. Good morning, Howard. Morning. Uh, Lauren, on the the Big Ten show after the game um, Saturday, DiNardo, he could just not say anything good about Illinois. He said, that's what's happened when you try to go from a running team to a passing team. It just doesn't work. I thought, what a lame comment that is. Can you come up with something better than that? The fact that we held held them to two yards. You're saying Wisconsin, was was he saying Wisconsin got away from their running game? That's what. Yeah, he was trying to say that they was trying to change their whole offense to, to a passing team. And it just wasn't working. Well, the reason they tried to pass is because they saw they couldn't run. Yeah, that, that, that's my point. Yeah, I, hmm. I mean, he, he could isn't he smart enough to figure that out? Well, I think he's pretty smart, frankly. I think Donardo is awfully good. That's just my opinion. I mean, we disagree if you think he isn't. Well, I didn't. I didn't say that, but I just thought his comments were kind of lame. He just. He just could not say anything good about Illinois' win. Well, maybe he was talking about Wisconsin at that point, and maybe he was trying to make a, you know, what happened to Wisconsin. And what happened was they saw they couldn't, uh, they became obvious to everyone that Illinois was stacking up their, their linemen so that the, the runners had no place to go, so they had to go to a passing attack. The interesting thing was that they, they, went, they did that right in the beginning, which means they must have seen on tape that they couldn't block these guys. These naysayers will finally see the light Saturday night when we shock Iowa. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to be the next victim. Well, I, I think that Illinois is a little better than Iowa, but I don't think it's a huge margin. What do I say? Three-point three favorite, right? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. they say. Yeah. Based on the home field, probably. Well, I mean, this is, this is good. We're experiencing good times right now. I think we're the team really looks looks great. Yeah, I, I think both team, both Iowa and Illinois, are on a on a par pretty much defensively, but offensively, Illinois is better. I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that uh, the kicking game was really a concern uh, Saturday at Wisconsin because Griffin was hurt, and our kickoffs got us in trouble twice, particularly on the opening kickoff of the game, and uh, the punting was mediocre. Mm-hmm. Although we we did kick them yeah. back one time crucially, but I think our punter is averaging right now about thirty four, thirty five yards a kick for the not, year. That's a good ten yards below what it was a year he's, ago. Yep. What's Iowa's quarterback situation? Is the guy any good or not? Well, everybody says he's no good, Petrus, and yeah. you know everybody says he's no good, right? <laughs> Even the Iowa people say he's no good. Why don't we change quarterbacks? But evidently, they're going to stay with him. They stayed with him this far, and they're probably going to stay with him. I, I think the question is is what's going to happen with Brian Ferentz and and does uh, does the head would the head coach ever remove his son as offensive coordinator because offensively they've been mediocre. I I think this is a fair statement. They've been mediocre for more than a couple of years mm-hmm. offensively. Pretty, offensively, yeah. But they've they, been pretty vanilla at time. Yeah, but you know, game before last, he scored two touchdowns on defense. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. 
right, thank you. Thank you, Howard. Good to hear from you. Let me get a quick break in here. we got uh, some more coming up. Monday morning quarterback show brought to you by Berkey's. Back after this. Out of the timeout. Bryant able to get to the sideline. Here is DeVito. Turns, gives to Chase. Up the middle he goes. He might be home free. 20, 15, 5. Touchdown. Touchdown, Chase Brown. Touchdown, Illinois. What a huge run. Yeah, 49 yards on that one for the touchdown for Chase Brown. Put him over 100. He kind of been... As Brett Bielema put it after the game, it kind of sawing wood there for a couple of yards here and a couple of yards there, and then finally broke it, broke yeah, the big one. Yeah, it was, it was a really well-executed play with a, a very unusual passing, I'm sorry, blocking scheme, and, and it worked, pulling those uh, left, left guard and left tackle over there uh, to create the uh, running space on the right side. Um, it, for, for the most of that game... He was pretty much held in check. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, the, in the third quarter, Illinois just simply broke the game open. And by the way, these games are going to be decided in the second half. This wasn't over at halftime. It was over in the third quarter, but it right. sure wasn't over at halftime. And, uh, you know, Illinois had given up a touchdown and a field goal, and you know it was going to be a tough game, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. In that third quarter, Illinois held Wisconsin to 10 yards. Yeah. Total. It was in the third quarter. You could have said, it's a route. (laughs) It's a route. I got a question here. It reminded me because there was a question about Larry Stewart. How many years did Larry Stewart do Illinois football and basketball on the radio? Was it 40 40 years? A long, long time. He started in the 40s, and and, uh, he left in 78 or 9. I think he did the 79 season because I think Turpin came in in – Late in the in the seventy nine year school mm-hmm. uh, that that year, and took over I would say in in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Uh, worked here. I looked up uh, Mary Schenk. I think did an article on him uh, back in two thousand nine when he passed away in September. Mm-hmm. Larry Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he re- worked at WDWS from nineteen forty one until his retirement in late nineteen eighty. Except for a stint in the Air Force. Between 1943 and so, 46. I'm a year off on on the Maybe. 80. I thought yeah. he was. I thought he uh, left at the end of the 79 mm. ca- uh, calendar yeah. year. But yeah. she's saying what, 80. Okay, that's what it says in here. Okay, so that would have been 40 years of doing games. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jim did him about that long too. So mm-hmm. that's a long time. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven ten thirty six. Uh, an increase in ticket prices would generate a small increase in revenue, a listener says, especially relative to the revenue from the TV contract. Do you think Illinois football would benefit more from the t- increase in ticket revenue or from an improved atmosphere with a full stadium? Improved atmosphere with a full stadium. I'll great, answer that. It? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what they pay. Yeah. Well, we're get... getting by. Look, we're only taking in $6 million, six-plus million dollars per year in in, in money from sale of tickets, six million, we're taking in. We're going to be this year. We'll be somewhere in the fifty millions uh, from TV. But uh, if you're not going to get recruiting where you want, as long as the fans don't come out, I really believe mm-hmm. that you can't sit there in on the west side where the where the recruits are and look in the east stands and see all those empty seats and think, boy, I really want to come here to play football. I mean, that's what other schools are selling against Illinois. Yeah, and if you go to Iowa the next week and they're full, 
yeah. at Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, affects it, it recruiting. It does affect it, yeah. And there's nothing about Illinois high school recruiting so far that leads you to believe that this is a long-term successful run. I understand there's transfers, and I understand that means a lot. But we're we're as far as the high school players, well, what, we're going to have about like three that play this year as freshmen? And we don't know how good the, the ones that don't aren't playing. We don't know how good they're going to be in the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand the transfers can make it, make a big difference. But right, right now, high school recruiting is not what is we what Illinois needs it to be for long term success. And yet, there are a lot of programs that are doing it with three stars and it's so forth that yeah. are pretty successful. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the recruiting at Kansas is great oh. right now, but oh, they're that's amazing what but, they've done. What they've done here with the last. You know, and, what, and Kentucky's doing it, and Duke's doing so it. So it can be done. Duke beat ben, uh, Virginia, by the way, this weekend. Okay. Virginia, that same team we beat. Mm-hmm. They beat uh, Virginia. Duke did 38-17. to 17. By the way, San Jose State beat Wyoming 33-16. to 16. So there are problems on those teams. And Nebraska whacked Indiana 35-21. Pulled so away. It was a tie, I think, at one it point. It was 21-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point. 10.38 at uh, DWS. Back to the phones here. Got several calls today. Fred joins us. Hi, Fred. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, I, yeah, I was watching uh, the Michigan-Iowa game a little bit. And their offense is based on a stretch run by their running back. And that, that'll be something different that we have seen in the past of the runners on the other teams that we've beaten so far. So that'll be something to uh, – I'm sure the coaches have all watched it and are – are going to prepare for it. Okay. What, well, what, what did you see in, in Iowa that ma- made you concerned? Well, I, um, the announcers actually said that I don't know why Iowa's not running their stretch run more because they were having the most success with that. And Michigan's got a pretty good defense, so they were gaining yards on them. But uh, I just think that the, that'll be a little different type of a, an option or a, a run that we've seen in the past. Hmm. Well, That's I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll be ready for it. Uh, I hope so, yep. because uh, they've got a pretty good little runner, a running back. So mm-hmm. they, they always do. So anyway, yep. you guys have a good day. Thank Appreciate you, sir. It. 10.39 at DWS. Uh, hi, Brian and Lauren. Dan from Florida. Ian passed over us on Thursday morning as a tropical storm. We're fortunate with no damage, and we have power. So that's good. Prayers for those less fortunate. Big kudos to the offense and defensive coaching staffs. Lauren mentioned three-fourths of the players recruited by Lovey. I'm sure both offense and defense wouldn't be nearly as good under the past coaching staff. I think this coaching staff is just better. <laughs> There's just mm. all kinds of evidence to indicate that. I don't think this team would be this good without this particular group of people. And I don't think all these players would be here if it wasn't for Bielema. I, that He showed that the first year by bringing back a whole bunch of seniors that had already three or four of whom had already left. Washington had left. Hanson had left. There were several others that had left. One of the, one of the defensive ends had left. And he got them all back. Got them back. Mm-hmm. That shows you something. Mm-hmm. He sold it. Personality. Um He's very much like Underwood personality-wise, I think. Mm-hmm. They both know where they're going, and here's what we're going to do, and yeah. this is the way we're going to do it. But able to adjust when they need to, which is, I think is is an important thing to do, too. Uh, 1041, another quick break. Back with more. Hang on. We'll get right back to you. We've got to get this in. I'm racing against the clock. I want a penny for your thoughts on a Monday. 
our, our defensive front. Uh, you know, Ryan just continues to, uh, you know, put the guys together. But our players, man, they just they play so hard. They're so engaged. Um, they understand what takes away. Uh, you know, we talked at the beginning of the week. The guy that could win this game for them, obviously, they're running back and what he's accomplished. But thought our guys really rise those up to the challenge. Yeah, Chase Brown, nation's leading rusher, I believe, still. And he had, what, 600 and some coming in, and he got another 100 and whatever it was. 129, I 129, think. 129, so he's over 700, close to 800. He's leading the nation still. Yeah, which is... It's uh, getting close, but... 1044 yeah. is our uh, time. Let's see the other texts and emails. Hey, guys, what happened to mighty Minnesota Saturday? <laughs> well, they were without Ibrahim. That didn't help. Uh, what happened to Ibrahim? I don't know. I, I just heard he was out, and... You know, he he still got, what, 13 or so, 14 consecutive 100-yard uh, games. Mm-hmm. He gets 100 yards no matter what if he shows up, but he didn't show up. I think Illinois and Minnesota, offensively, I think are a lot alike, don't you think? Minnesota runs a lot of run-pass option, RPO. Mm-hmm. Got a really good running back. Um, I don't know what happened with Purdue. Purdue scored just enough points to win, basically. But. Run pass option. Let's talk about that just briefly. Mm-hmm. What's your take on? Does at what point does the quarterback pull the ball? I mean, is this a is this really an, is this like a triple option? Only it's, it's not with the, with the quarterback running. It's the quarterback mm-hmm. passing. So he fakes it. But is he sighting? Is he watching the linebacker and what he does, and, and then he pulls it? I think so. Martin can probably explain it better than I can. That's but my I, understanding of it. Yeah, there's and the quarterback he, has to decide real quick. Okay, I see this guy over here, so I'm going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to hit it where he's not, basically. And, and you know, not fumbling the ball through five. They've never had a handoff fumbled, have they? I don't think there's been a handoff fumbled. And if you're withdrawing that ball and pushing it in, pushing it out, that's got to be true. You've got to have good hands to do that. Mm-hmm. And he shows good hands when he, then he's, when he stands up and makes that quick pass because it's too late for the, it's too late for the rush to get him. Now, on the straight Passbacks. Illinois blocking is not always perfect in the in, when, when, in the must pass situations, and he did scramble out for one uh, especially good play when he hit Williams down there around right. the four yard line or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. uh, I just uh, the, the everything is good with Illinois except that there are times offensive line wise where it breaks down from time to time. It's going to be talking football in October. Yeah, you know, people are excited about it. Yeah, four we, and one. Normally, we'd be talking basketball here. <laughs> That's right. My goodness, we got games in a, in a month. Yeah, ten forty six. Uh, John's with us. Hi, John. Uh, morning, guys. Enjoying the show again. Thank you. Uh, I uh, have a have a question about. Well, first of all, uh, I know people are probably already have plans of how they're going to attract the Illinois. Uh, uh, offensive and defensive uh, coaches. Uh, but I'll tell you, it takes a quarterback to initiate uh, what we're doing. And I just love to to watch the guy. He never really seems to get excited, overly excited. Uh, yet he's, uh, he's, he's involved in the game. And I, and I just love to see the decisions that he makes. I love to see him lead a guy. Uh, to the middle of the field, if instead of the sideline, if there's a half an opening in the middle of the field, I love to see the ball go down the middle of the field and the guy run under it because by that time he's generally a full stride ahead of his defender. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have another question, uh, and I'll get off then. But 
as this is kind of a nebulous thing, I guess, but when you have great offensive and defensive coordinators like we have, and we and we have uh, a great coach, uh, does the head coach ever lean much on, or does he ever keep uh, a lot of the strategies? that his uh, coordinators had uh, after they get hired away. Say that again. So if they if they leave do they keep a lot of what they did before? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or, does that rub off does that rub off on the on to me that would rub off on a tremendous coach that you can always learn, but I'm sure there are some guys that say I I know what I want to do. Well, they're working together. And yeah. and and the 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 uh, the two coordinators are calling the plays, but that doesn't mean that that uh, Bielma couldn't call a play if he wanted to. He could say, do this or do that, and, and he, I'm sure he does. But uh, but play by play, uh, Lenny's calling the offensive plays, and, and Walters is calling the defensive mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah. yeah. And they change a lot, by the way. If you watch them, they're bringing linebackers. They're doing a lot of different stuff than Lovey did. I mean, they're ju- oh, they I just know, are. Yeah. There's, there, well, you can't. And a lot more man-to-man defense in the secondary and a lot more blitzing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I love it. You can't, the opposing team can't uh, can't trust us. Mm-mm. And right. I I I love the other day when uh, uh, you made uh, you made reference to that. Uh, I don't re- recall exactly how, but you said you you loved it uh, when uh, you when your team does what the other team does not expect. Does not expect. Yeah, that's, or that's, want. That's that should be your goal yeah. on every. Hey, play. thank you, John. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yep, no good to hear from John. 1049 at DWS. Hey, during a football play, to know what really happened, you have to watch the offensive line, the defensive line, running and quarterbacks, linebackers, receivers, and the defensive backs, Bill says. I assume you have spotters to help with what happened and relay that to Martin. Still, I wonder how much Martin sees on his own because of his immediate comments. The guy is amazing and must make Brian's job much easier. Together, you two make one of the best broadcasts in the country, win or lose. Well, as a former player, Martin sees everything from really, a lineman's really, really, really fast. Yeah. He, yeah, he's watching the blocking. Yep, and he sees, but he sees things, and and we have a TV, a couple of them usually, in our booth, and usually it's a few seconds in our booth anyway behind us. So whatever happens, he can glance over at the TV and see the replay of what's going on, and, and but he sees it as well himself. Mm-hmm. He picks up on so many things, especially the offensive line, as you said. Oh, I, he's uh, he's awesome. I can't awesome tell player. anything unless I go back and look at it. Yeah. I mean, in, the, in terms of the blocking and the mm-hmm. offensive line, it's it's uh, it's too complicated. Yeah, and he understands it and sees it real fast, much like yeah. Dion and Doug do in basketball. They, yeah. they played the game, they understand it, and uh, they do make my job easy. 10-51. Let's uh, go to the desert, see what our buddy Brent has to say about the upcoming games this week. Here you go. Uh, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not a social media prowess by any measure, but uh, I saw a, I think a Big Ten network said who's the best quarterback in the Big Ten, and there were six pictures of the guys, and and he wasn't on there. So mm-hmm. I, I, I captured it, and I sent it to him and his dad. I said, I want to vote, but my guy's not there. And we, his dad fired back, Coach, it doesn't matter. I'm all about the wins, and that's the way they're wired. But, you know, Tommy, when I meet with those pro scouts, I tell them, listen, whatever book you have on him at Syracuse, it's okay to file that thing away. Let's look at what he does here because he's really yeah. beginning to grasp what, what football is all about.
couple of minutes to go here on our Monday morning quarterback show. Our friends from Berkey's presented each Monday. Tomorrow we'll do an open line in the first hour. We've got a guest from the Illinois Manufacturers Association coming up at 10. Wednesday, Judge Jason Baum. Thursday, State Senator Scott Bennett and State's Attorney Julia Reitz on the Safety Act. And 5 o'clock tonight? Yes. Shauna Green. Shauna Green. At the Esquire. At the Esquire. Well, there you go. That's good. Breaking news. Mm -hmm. That's good. And we'll have uh, the law firm of Newton and uh, Randolph. Newton and Randolph. From Atkins on Wednesday night with a coach. Is Calvin Avery going to join that law firm? Uh, Maybe he should. (laughs) That that would work, I think. Uh, Busey Bank, strength of Busey Ag Services and Farm Brokerage is in their numbers. They've been financing ag needs for nearly 150 years. 100,000-plus acres under management, nine licensed real estate brokers, two state-certified general real estate appraisers to help you understand the relationship with your farm to the marketplace. They will help maximize the yield on your investment. Busey, with a full range of products and services, Busey can meet your unique needs. Busey provides lending solutions. They can assist with the sale or purchase of properties, market analysis, and market studies. They understand your operations, serving farms, of all sizes, small, large, and agribusinesses. Put your experienced team and your trust in Busey for their ag services, 1-800-67-BUSEY, or visit Busey.com for more. Somebody predicts Illinois 17, the Squawk Eyes 13. Line-Eye defense <laughs> give up squawk two eyes. Squawk Eyes, two field goals and a late TD goal, Line-Eye. Uh, I didn't see Did anyone notice the Illini score was not on the Big Ten Network during the entire OSU game? I didn't. Was that on the crawl? I guess they're talking about. I don't know. I don't know. And what? Who do we have a best chance of beating the most if we played them both, Michigan or Ohio State? <laughs> that would be a tall order either way. Yeah, one's I, three, I one's four. That you'd have a little better chance against Michigan, but hmm. since we're playing Michigan, we better have a better well, chance, we better, right? Yeah, that... we don't have to worry about Ohio State <laughs> this year, but we do have to worry about Michigan, which is good. The Iowa game is at six thirty. Minnesota is 11 o'clock on homecoming. Just um, think about this, though, Brian. Just think about this. I'll send you home with this. Yes. If Illinois beats every game the rest of the season and loses to Michigan, they win the Western Division because the best anybody could do would be tie, and they would, they would have beaten mm-hmm. everybody in the Western Division. Right. You get a leg up on everybody. Yep. All you need to do is that. tie them for the championship if you beat them. That's right. Beat them head-to-head. That's the biggest, uh, the biggest difference. All right, 10.58 here at DWS, and let's see here. Good morning, Brian and Lauren. Uh, when you see Coach Bielema this Wednesday, please give him my congrats. Tell him, go Illini. Let's get those Hawkeyes in this case. And I think I got to most of everything, all the texts and emails that came in today. We had a bunch of them that, that came in. So That's what happens when you have games like that. When you, when you win. Game. Uh, real quick, less than a minute, basketball recruit. What do you know about the new... Um, Another point guard. They need a point guard. guard. Uh, Sky Clark will be the point guard this year, I'm sure. And uh, they need somebody coming in behind him, Mm too, because right now they're kind of scrambling between Shannon and Rogers. And I don't know who they'll play as the second point guard, but you can't go 40 minutes with a freshman. So um, they're they're looking for that. That'll be maybe the most essential thing. It's interesting. They need to develop that center position, which they don't have Kofi for the first time in three years, and the, the point guard position. Basketball has an exhibition game in the end of the month. Yep. Isn't that something? Yep. And then they'll be playing in early November, so a month out from now. Hey, thanks for being with us. Thanks to our friends at Berkey's, your local Kubota dealer on uh, High Cross Road in Urbana, for sponsoring our show today. Adam Austin has been our producer. Thanks to Lauren Tate for his usual great work being with us here. 
on uh, Monday mornings. We're back tomorrow with more Penny for your thoughts. Enjoy the rest of the day. WDWS Champaign-Urbana.